In this interview, I talked to Aaron Berkshire. Make sure you catch the whole thing to hear about the steps that him and his wife took to create the life that they wanted together as full-time content creators living comfortably. Content creating from so many different forms, you only can learn it by watching YouTube and, and learning it from different people and, and just content creating is it's so unique. Yeah, I think that gives us a good segue too to kind of talk about how you got into it. So it's it's unique and you mentioned that you can't really learn it in school necessarily. You gotta kind of self-teach. So how did you get into it initially? Yeah, I mean, of course you can learn photography in school. I'm not saying that. Of course you can learn film and videography in school, you know. Of course you can go to school and learn how to work a camera and computer programs and all that stuff. But, you know, just the whole aspect of like being a content creator and creating so many different streams of creating content, you know, if that's, if that's, you know, I don't consider myself just a photographer, but it, that's why I say content creating, you know, because if you just want to be a photographer, then you can go to school for photography, you can learn photography, but content creating can be so many different things because there's so many forms of it. Photography uh, changed my life because I was a musician and I was uh, playing concerts and my wife now, who was my girlfriend then, had a camera because she had been a, a photographer since she was young and she was pretty much just taking pictures of me and the band that I was in at the time and she let me use her camera even though I didn't know what I was doing and I was taking pictures of my friends and you know, before I knew it, somebody was offering me 20, 40 bucks to take pictures of them and I was like, wow. I'm making money from from this. I, I want to take it further. But I mean, that's to, to simplify it. That's how I got into it. Get your feet wet a little bit. You see that it's something that can make money. What was the first kind of thing that really, really kind of kicked you off in that direction and told you this is something I want to stick with and really pursue? Hey, it's your host, Brody Vinson. Thanks so much again for tuning into Profession Session. And if you're enjoying this podcast, learning anything, please don't forget to subscribe or leave a review if you're listening on audio. Helps so much for growing the show and getting new and better content and better guests on. Thanks and back to the show. I kind of thought that I had a calling to do it, you know? I was really, I was really, really into music my entire life. And uh, when I picked up the camera, I thought it kind of made me um, I was into shooting concerts and shooting music, you know, when I got into it, whether it be video or photo, I was, you know, I was in the music world and I kind of felt like I had almost like a superpower because I had been on the other side. I had been in bands and I wanted to create stuff that I never had created for me really. Like I wanted to create epic photos of drummers and epic photos of like singers and rock and roll screamers and stuff. I wanted to create content of them that I wish I always had and stuff that looked like people that, you know, were famous to us when we were young in magazines and stuff like Blink-182. I just wanted to, I always wanted to look a certain way. And when I picked up the camera, just being a musician and kind of music flowing through my veins, you know, I kind of thought I had a, I kind of thought I had an advantage in a way in the beginning. And I, I really, really loved it. I really loved it. And it still made me feel like I was an artist, even though I wasn't playing music. I mean, I feel like there's so many different forms of being an artist nowadays, you know, and I still consider myself 100% an artist, even though I'm not a musical artist, even though, well, I am, I, I will be forever, but you know, not for a living, you know? Yeah. So it kind of scratched that creative itch. It sounds like. And then also, I mean, I think you made a great point there. You had, you had the perspective of 
being in the actual scene that you were starting out in and knowing exactly what they would like to have. So you probably immediately stood out in that in the scene of photographing musicians. Um, so how did that kind of play out once you got started with that? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, uh, it definitely it definitely did stand out. And, uh, you know, I just I had a lot of relationships. Um, I'm 34 almost in March. I'll be 34. And I had been playing in bands and been going to shows all of my since I was a teenager. You know, I was going to Christian rock and roll shows. I was growing up going to um, a place uh, in Jacksonville called Murray Hill Theater. And it's on the west side. And I grew up going to shows there. And I pretty much just. I feel like because I had so many friends in bands that that kind of helped pave the way for me to build and establish, um, making some money, you know, in the band world. Like I was able to start making, getting paid, even if it was like 60 bucks, a hundred bucks here and there to go. I found at one point I found myself where I was going to like four or five shows a week. I was going to so many concerts every single week. Um, and then you know, my wife and I were, were shooting a couple weddings too on the side, all the way from back in the beginning, you know, when, as soon as I learned how to shoot a camera, I was like, yo, let's put weddings on Facebook. Let's try and shoot a wedding. We're not, you know, she was, she was, you know, good at it, but not like, you know, not like we are now, but all these years later, but you know, I was just like, Hey, we need to do everything we can to make money with these cameras. We spent, you know, whatever it was, a thousand bucks on this camera, $400 on this lens. We need to use this camera to make money in every way possible. Like no matter what anybody wants, just say yes right now because, you know, we were young and we we moved away from our hometown, Jacksonville to New York for a year to just kind of chase our dreams there and um, chase some job stuff and, and just learn photography. And, and, you know, then I went to Orlando and I was shooting concerts every week, nonstop. So, you know, just grinding. And then once you do so much, I just feel like if you take it seriously and you really care about it, um, you know, doing it over and over and over again, eventually you're going to evolve and you're going to get better. And that's what happened for me. I just really, really got into it, into it heavily. And yeah, I just, I ended up being able to at least make, I remember at one point I was making at least 300 bucks, 400 bucks a week, even just living in an apartment going, wow, I'm making this off of photography. I wonder what it could lead to. Yeah. And it sounds like it just kept building like little bit, little bit, little bit at a time continuously. I mean, they say when you were kind of describing, just putting in that work, grinding over time and eventually you get better. That's why they say you got to get your 10,000 hours in something. You just, you get better as you hone your craft. So what are some of the big milestones that come to mind when you think about your career in photography slash content creation where like where you saw things kind of pick up and change over time, both skill wise and career wise, man, that's a great, that is such a great question. I love that. Um, let's start with the first part. Uh, you know, milestones. I think, I think when I started getting hit up by bands, um, that I truly like grew up loving, um, saying, Hey, we're, we're coming through Orlando, come to the show. We even pay you you know, 200 bucks or just come to the show, you know, come hang out, you know, shoot the show. Hey, are you coming to shoot the show? Like just DMing me on Instagram, like bands that I like grew up listening to in my car, like bands I truly loved. And then also, you know, same, I would message some bands and just before it would be like, uh, maybe I'll get a photo pass. And then, but bands that I grew up again, I would DM them after a while, after a couple years, you know, come 2018, I would DM a band that I really liked and be like, Hey, you guys are coming through in Orlando on this date. Can I come? Uh, I'd love to come shoot you guys at the show. And 
them respond and go, Aaron, absolutely. Your work's amazing. We love your work. Our bass player knows who you are or something along those lines. Like, and just, you know, when, when your work gets posted so much by so many different kids and bands. And I went to a lot of shows and I went to a lot of Vans warp tours with photo passes. So like, I really got to shoot so many bands every summer, all the time, just so many big, huge concerts and festivals. And, you know, just growing up in music, um, I had relationships and I was able to have certain people kind of weasel me in certain spots backstage or side stage. And even when I first got into photography, you know, my friend would be like, Hey, I'm going to get you in the spot on side stage so you can take a couple pictures. And, you know, that's why relationships are so important, no matter what you're doing. Like relationships I had built years and years before I ever picked up a camera ended up helping push me and help elevate me so much after I became a photographer and a content creator. That's why you just, build relationships with everybody you know you have to if you can if that's absolutely if that's part of who you are you know the the better you build relationships and the more you build i feel like it's i mean it just brings new opportunities it's so cool to hear about how you know you grew up loving the whole scene and then you'd get to be actually involved in it through your work just by doing good work uh one thing i definitely want to talk about while we're kind of on the the subject of music because you work in a little bit different area now as we'll get to and we've talked about offline but i definitely want to talk about travis barker while we're on on the music thing i i kind of want to get your thoughts on like everything that's been going on because we had talked about him a little bit too off air from an outsider looking in it seems like he's kind of i almost want to credit him with like reviving the pop punks (laughs) yeah i mean teaming up with machine gun kelly and reviving that pop yeah i mean I think Travis Barker is a very unique, he's a very unique person. And I love a lot of drummers. Um, I grew up, I've been playing drums my whole life and I was a drummer in bands for a long time. And I wanted to be Travis Barker when I was growing up. That's honestly the way reason I looked the way that I look. I wanted to just be covered in tattoos and I wanted to be a drummer. I was really heavy into metal bands. And, um, but you know, when it comes to Travis Barker, I think he's one of the greatest drummers of all time. If not, you know, top, probably top two, top three greatest drummers of all time. And I think that him being so, um, I think down to earth as uh, you call him a celebrity. I mean, now he's married to a Kardashian. He's on TV all the time. He's so famous, but he wasn't always that famous, you know. But it's cool to see someone like a drummer become such an icon out in the world, you know. And he's uh, he's a good dude. Uh, he actually liked one picture one time that I posted of him. I got a Vans Warped Tour. Oh, and then recently my wife and I dressed up as him and his Kardashian wife for Halloween. Um, a lot of our, That's yeah, awesome. we dressed up as them. We did a little uh, normal clothes and then we like jumped and landed dressed up like them. And uh, he, he actually <laughs> reshared it on his story on Instagram. That was probably one That's of the most awesome. exciting moments probably of my life. Just growing <laughs> up being a Travis Barker fan, but you know, yeah, I think, you know, there's so many different ways that you can grow. And even if you're just a drummer, you know, look how far Travis Barker's come in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's so cool. Cause I know a little bit about his background. I mean, it, it's kind of been so cool growing up a fan of his and then seeing like, I mean, he had the, the album with machine gun Kelly, two albums now, and then he's had albums with like trippy red willow Smith, like all these artists that he's kind of helping create yeah. punk albums all with because, that didn't before. I think that's yeah, all because of Blink so 182. Cool. All because of Blink 182. Yeah. It's just, you know, Blink 182 was the so band. Awesome. Blink 182 was the band that started it all for him. 
you know, uh, and then look how far he's come. Yeah, the Machine Gun Kelly stuff that they're doing is cool. I think it's I think it's great, super cool. Very. All yeah, I mean, I saw Machine Gun Kelly at Daly's place. Uh, I think two years ago, I was shooting for 904 Happy Hour. I was at that oh, one. Oh, were you sick? It wasn't the most yeah. recent one that Eli was at. I wasn't at that one. Two years but ago. It was, yeah, it was one before that. And I went and, uh, yeah, it was a great show. It was a great show. I had a great time. Yeah. I loved uh, the shots of Machine Gun Kelly that I got. That was right when I was, like, fresh off my really high like high high of of concert photography now i feel a little rusty at concert photography because obviously now i'm I'm full-time with amazon marketing commercials full-time weddings and then full full full-time with football shooting the nfl and the jaguars so it's special to me like at the end of this month at the end of january on january 31st i'm flying to la to be with my friends in memphis mayfire for a week on their bus uh we're with another band called parkway drive super huge metal band and uh band i've loved my one of my since i was like 17 years old and i finally get to go on tour with them and just do my thing and jump back into my element of kind of what made me and what created me even though i shoot NFL and like everybody knows me as like Jaguars kind of Aaron now they don't know that I'm I'm 34 and I was in the music scene for over a decade and and that was my whole life so now I get a little you know a little refresh of of living that and then you know yeah it's it's great man I'm grateful that's awesome man very 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 grateful I'm glad we started with that background though because I feel like that's I mean that's how you got your roots that's like that's what launched you into doing all of this stuff and that's that's kind of like what got you into it in the first place? I do want to cover all that other stuff, though. There's a lot of different things to cover here. Uh, you mentioned the Fiverr business, um, which is Amazon. You mentioned the wedding business, NFL. Let's start with the NFL because that's a that's a pretty huge one, especially you know topical right now. We're in the midst of one of the best Jaguars playoff seasons, maybe the best of all time. We'll see how it plays out. Fingers crossed. I'll be watching the game on Saturday. Yeah, you got all the Jaguar stuff behind you, and you, um, as as I know, you work for the Jaguars. How did that get started? Um, so uh, let's see, a couple different ways. So I work for the Jaguars Foundation, which is kind of like the community, um, like the community foundation where the players and the team do a lot of things for a lot of a lot of different causes, like around the city. So. I work for the Jaguars Foundation, which obviously is the Jaguars, but I don't uh, shoot the team for the team. I shoot community stuff for the organization. And then I'm employed by the NFL. I'm an LCC, and that stands for a live content correspondent. Some of us call it live content creator, but they call it live content correspondent, which our job is to uh, send the content that we get to the league in seconds, in minutes, if we can run fast enough to the Ethernet cord and, and send it straight from our phone straight to there, like instant. Like if somebody were to catch a touchdown, we are sending that clip within a minute or as fast as we can within minutes for it to go on either NFL socials or the team is allowed to grab it as well and post it on their socials. And um, so so I work for the foundation with the Jaguars, and I love the organization, very close to the team. Uh and then I work for the NFL and I shoot the games under uh, the title of LCC. And it got started by, so I just want to, I definitely like, I have to separate those, you know. Um, I got, yeah, I yeah. got started, uh, let's see, I, so obviously I was shooting high school football. And then, so one of the coaches that is um, 
in Jacksonville locally, he has a QB school, right? Okay, so it's called the Six Points Jacks. And it's his name is Denny, Denny Thompson. Big shout out to Denny Thompson. He is a quarterback coach for He Yeah. I think he was my middle school football coach. He was, because he's been doing it for like... I could be no, wrong. No, 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 he probably was. He was. He was a football coach. That's crazy. Yeah, so Danny Thompson is a quarterback coach here, and he coaches college players. He coaches kids, high school players. He also coaches NFL players. He is Gardner Minshew, formerly of the Jaguars, now the Eagles quarterback coach. He coaches uh, guys that go to, you know, the, 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 the Georgia College, Carson Beck. Like, he's, he's a great quarterback coach, right? So he... Um, met me i don't even know I, I don't even know how i think it was just i think it was just my buddies that were playing high school football posted some photos that i took <clears throat> excuse me and he saw them and he dm'd me and said hey come shoot at the school sometime come come shoot sometime come hang out sometime like come take come take some photos sometime because he was coaching some of my really good friends that were playing high school football some of these young kids that i was really you know buddies with and, and connecting with so then I went to his QB school and he invited me to go to this kid, this big kid event, right? And it was something that he was uh, putting on for like 100 kids, right? This quarterback like summer thing, you know, quarterback school, whatever, this, this th- event. And he was teaming up with the Jaguars Foundation. So when we went to go do the big event and I was just coming to take photographs for Denny, I was like Denny's side, which was for six points jacks. I was going to take photos for him. And then I met the guy who runs the Jaguars foundation. His name is Adriel. Huge shout out to Adriel. He actually switched. Out. He gave me this ball right here. He gave me this ball. Oh, um, nice. So I love, I cool love name this. Too. Yeah, I love this guy, Adriel, right? So he runs the Jaguars foundation and uh, yeah, I guess he just liked my work. And he ended up getting my contact from Denny and he said, Hey, I have a Jaguars thing. I need a, I need a photographer. How much would you charge? Come shoot it. And then I literally became the foundation photographer, videographer, um, when they need me, sometimes they don't need me because a team shooter can do something in house for free or something. But if they're booked, they call me first and, uh, I'll go do, you know, whatever the, whatever the community thing is, whether you know, it's for kids or adults or military or uh, legends, older players. I've got to meet a lot of legends of the Jaguars working with the foundation. But that's that's how I got connected. Like, that's 100% how it was built. That's awesome, man. Yes, sir. So you got into that. And um, just for, for reference again, how long ago was that? So that was like that yeah, you yeah, first kind of yeah. got started. So that, with that was in 2020. That was right right before the Jaguars 2020 season. We call it the COVID season, right before the right before yeah. the COVID season. So yeah, and then like so so then I was uh, applying to a bunch of different. Uh, I was like already working for the Jaguars Foundation, right? A couple couple little things, and I was like, man, I'm never gonna get to. I don't know how I'm gonna get to shoot the Jaguars because it wasn't like Adriel Adriel didn't have the power to get me a media pass to be on field to shoot the, the game. You know what I'm saying? The games. So I just messaged a few different, well, the first one I messaged was the one I ended up shooting for, but I messaged a few different like 904 happy hour, Jacksonville magazine, like a bunch of outlets on Instagram. I was like, yo, here's some high school photos I've done. I just want to shoot the Jags one time in my life. Here's my work, man. I got, well, here's my Instagram following. Like just I'll, please, I'll, you don't even have to pay me. I'll just go shoot it for free. So, and then 904 happy hour was the one that ended up working out. 
That's awesome. And how how has that kind of played out like over that couple of years since you first got started? What's it been like photographing the Jags? I can't even explain it. I've shot so many, like I've shot 80,000 people uh, at Atlantic City Beach at a concert at the most final warp Tour ever in 2019. There was like 90,000 people out there and it was crazy. And that doesn't compare to being on the field during a, an NFL game. And I'm not saying like I like shooting football more than music or anything like that, but that was a hell of a feeling shooting a band that was performing in front of like 80,000 people at this big festival. But like every single time I walk out on the Jaguars field, I think it's just cause I've been a fan as a kid, you know, just been a fan as a kid. So when I walk out of the little media tunnel out into the field, I just get chills and I'm like, Oh, I'm just like in just feels surreal. Surreal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Surreal. That's, dude, that's awesome. So, and then the the other thing I was going to ask, talk about a season we're having this year. How has it been just being a part of that? With so many more opportunities uh, this year by being employed by the NFL to actually be in certain spots, um, capturing this season has been unbelievable. So, you know, going back to 904 Happy Hour, like I was shooting for 904 Happy Hour, and even though I was shooting the Jaguar games for 904 happy hour outlet, uh, a position opened up and there's every team only has two or three LCCs. Most of them have three. We only had two and one of them was moving away. So a position opened up, right? So then I got uh, DM'd a couple times like, Hey, you should apply for this. And I didn't even, I was like, you know, they're not going to see it, whatever. I didn't know we was going to see it. Somehow, you know, I was talking to one of my friends at the Jaguars social media team from the relationships that have been built from the foundation, you know, all the relationships coming, coming back together, you know, uh, they ended up help. They recommended me and helped me get the job as an LCC. So as an LCC, not just shooting like from the sideline for a magazine outlet, but now I'm an actually employee of the NFL. And so now I'm going to get back to your last question, which being employed by the NFL and having the ability and the opportunity to go in places that I never used to be able to to go, you know, and do things I never, I was never allowed to shoot video. That was just a photography only thing. So now that we're talking about this season and watching the magical Jaguars and I say magical because like, dude, these magical comebacks and like the season has been crazy, like no other, but I've been videotaping it all. So I have like, I have all these historic moments on video you know, and every, every step, you know, along the way to get to this season, I feel like it was just meant to be, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I wasn't in this position two seasons ago because I've learned and I've grown so much. And now that I'm in this position, the Jaguars are all, all of a sudden, like we're in the playoffs and now we're going, you know, to play the chiefs. And this was an amazing season to be a part of the, all the, all the moments. So I got to ask you just as kind of a, a little bit more of an insider um, and especially since you've you've seen them the couple seasons before this, um, not quite to the same extent, obviously, but just being there at the games. What's different? What like what's going on? What's where's the magic coming from? What have you observed that you think is contributing to like, I mean, we've got Doug Peterson now, obviously, but what do you think is contributing to like the difference in culture or whatever it is that they've got going that's kind of clicking this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because it's it's. I almost think about Doug Marone's last season with Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark, Laviska Chanel, all the team that we had before last season, and it's weird because the last season was such a train wreck that I feel like our last actual like 
all right, we're not like all over the news for our coach and like this whole dramatic crap that happened last. It's almost like last year didn't even happen. Like photos of Tim Tebow in a Jaguar jersey that I have. I'm like, this is a multiverse. This is like a different universe. Like, like yeah. we were snapped in like in a completely different world last year, right? So, but I think the difference is it does start with Doug Peterson. It's crazy. I never thought that the coach really could change so much, but like it's out there in front of us seeing Trevor Lawrence perform at the way he's performed this year. The whole team buy in 100% believe, even if they're down 10, 17, or 27, they can come back and they can turn things around. They're a completely different team. And excuse me, I do think it starts with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, the culture has changed. Doug Peterson. His entire vibe, and I was on the field last year with Urban Meyer. I saw everything up close from minicamp practices. I went to practices. I went to minicamp, and I was at the games. And Urban Meyer and Doug Peterson is night and day difference, and you can not only tell from our record winning, but Trevor Lawrence as a human being. The fact that he's, like, screaming, let's go! Like, the fact he's so just a different person. And I think it really does all go back down to the difference between Doug Marone to Urban Meyer, like those guys and those, their energy and just everything. And then look at Mr. Ice Cream, Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl winning Doug Peterson. Like, dude, I feel like we could win the Super Bowl because of this guy right now. He's done it for another team. Yeah, exactly. I That's, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, he's, he knows what it takes to get there. And it seems like Trevor's figuring that out too. Trevor, Trevor has a track record of doing, figuring out and doing what it takes to get there, to get to the end, too. So, I mean, I think we've got it. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be a good game on Saturday. Unfortunately, I'm going to be shooting a wedding, which is my worst luck ever. I've had this wedding booked. I've oh, had no. this wedding booked for like probably six months to a year, and I'm going to have these air. I'm going to have an AirPod in, and my wife's going to have the other AirPod in, and we're going to listen to the Jaguars game on AirPods. I'm recording. It's like the biggest game in Jag history, and I'm literally going to be shooting a wedding. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. It's so crazy. Kansas City has the best record in the NFL yeah. right now, right? Yeah, and After, they deserve well, it. Yeah. Still, still left. They, de- they, des- yeah. they deserve. Yeah, no, no, they're a great team. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is. He's a freak. He's absolutely a freak. And the fact that yeah. the fact that I, I truly feel like Trevor Lawrence can get to that level is crazy. Like, I'm talking about a Patrick Mahomes level. Like, Patrick Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. He's been to another Super Bowl, and he's been to AFC Championship year after year. And I feel like we are right. It happens so fast, but I feel like we're right there on the edge of being able to be maybe not, I don't I don't want to say not that good, but, like, we could be up in these playoffs every year now going forward. And it's just such a good feeling. Such a good feeling. Having, having that whole culture shift, I think, is what, take, what it takes to – stay in the playoffs like that. I totally agree. Kind of switching gears here a little bit. That's that's really only one of your multiple pretty much full-time jobs. Um, it's And that's a big one alone, but you've got a couple other things to cover here. Uh, let's talk about, because you had mentioned it a little bit, let's talk about the wedding business a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we are called Berkshire Wedding Photography, and my wife has been shooting weddings since she was like 16. Um and which is over 10 years now. She just turned 27. So she's been shooting weddings for 10 years. And uh, when we got together seven years ago, every year has been more and we love doing it. Uh, Sometimes we joke and say, man, if we could just shoot weddings and only weddings, 
obviously besides like some hobby fun football whatever if we could just do weddings for our career only weddings we would but that would take booking 50 or more a year to to make what we want to make but or what we make you know through all of it but like we love weddings we love it we absolutely love shooting weddings i love creating wedding films we love wedding photography and we offer both we have uh eli who you know who has been on your show a couple times uh He's one of my favorite people on this entire earth. So shout out to Eli. Uh, he works with us. He's, our, he's an awesome guy. He's our third shooter when we need him. Most of the weddings, I would say my wife and I just do the two of us, a little team, you know. But if somebody hires us for like video and photo and it's like a big wedding, we bring Eli along and he's the best third shooter. He's hybrid. He backs Carly up and shoots a little bit of photos, backs me up and shoots a little bit of video, does anything we need and helps us out. And He's, he's a great teammate to have on those days. But yeah, we love weddings. We've been doing it for a long time and we pay to be on the knot in Wedding Wire. On, so we're marketing, you know, them. And right now, you know, the first year we got together, I think we shot like one or two weddings. Like we had just, we were still, and we sucked. They were terrible. It was horrible, you know? So, you know, obviously with everything, you get better over time with practice. And uh, nowadays I think we're booking between, I think right now we have, Right. Somewhere between 10 and 15 weddings for this year right now. So, and we have, wow. yes, sir. And then we have two of them coming up right now, this, this weekend, one on uh Saturday during the Jaguar game. And then uh, another one on Monday. And I'm thinking who gets married on a Monday? Someone's getting married on a Monday, but, <laughs> but yeah. cheaper venue, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it was a huge discount. It could have really been like a whole $5,000 less because of Monday though. No, no shit. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's got to be cool being involved in this just like the the magic of the day, you know. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I feel like it's one way that I really get to um showcase um a lot of what I'm able to do. Um I never really get to tell like I never I'm not I'm not a full-time like filmmaker, but my wedding films are like it's a really really good um opportunity for me to you know, just show like what I'm capable of from telling a story and I'm starting to get into the storytelling with football a little bit, but, and I used to shoot music videos a long time ago. I shot a lot of music videos in my, in my, my creating content years, but, uh, yeah, storytelling is something I really like to do. So I get to do it well for, for weddings. And that's, that's definitely fun for me. I think the best videography is done through the storytelling lens. Absolutely. Another cool point I wanted to, um, highlight there is you said you you pay to be on um wedding wire and the the knot and wedding wire you said right yes sir so the are those kind of like wedding publications for like vendors so yeah it's a website it's like a vendor website and like brides when they're looking whether they want to hire a venue or a photographer uh wedding planner any anybody anything for the wedding you just go to that website type in your city and you can literally hire every single one of one of your your catering you know or your you know people off that website and uh the knot's been popular for a long time i prefer wedding wire they're owned by the same company so they're owned by the same company so like we pay to be on both and it's through the same like company but they're different websites one's called the wedding wire one's called the knot um but yeah they're they're great we've booked some weddings from them that have been really great also word of mouth has been i, I don't know how much longer i'll be on the knot and wedding wire i don't want to plug those too much Cause uh, I'm not really too, too, too stoked on, on them actually. So I think, but the more word of mouth travels, you know, the less I want to pay to be on these websites that are whatever mid. 
Makes sense. I, I was just going to kind of highlight that I think it is good for any kind of business to try to get out and, like, like get on different channels where they can be found, at least maybe at the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think you're right. Once you've kind of built a business and you've got the word of mouth carrying you on your own, I mean, yeah. you can't do better than not having to pay for your advertising. I mean, just put $400 on an Instagram ad instead of $400 for to be on a website that you might get some messages. They might be scams. They might not. I don't know. I mean, for me now, I'd rather just put a $400 sponsor ad on Facebook and Instagram on my wedding video and just plug it for like Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Just like see where that goes. I could see that having a bigger effect. Honestly, it's just like you're casting a, a wide net. Yeah. So, um, kind of going to the next thing we talked about the wedding business a little bit. I think, um, so you had mentioned that you, you handle the wedding business with your wife. I wanted to cover this, collaborative thing with you and your wife a little bit because i think that's so cool that's we had talked a little bit off air about it but that's not the only thing you y'all kind of run these different businesses together and have a lot of overlap could you talk about that collaboration a little bit and just how that i mean you covered it a little bit but just like how that works like that team dynamic i think that's really unique thank you thank you so much yeah she's amazing you know she is um She's the reason that I am who I am today. She's the reason why I even hold a camera. She's the reason for everything. And I feel very successful because I've had such a great support, you know, with my, with my wife and, you know, um, everything I've been able to do has been because of her and her support. And, you know, she's, she's really, 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 I'm just going to say blatantly, she's addicted to making money. She has been, uh, really, really a gangster low key ever since we met her, even though she was hustling in a restaurant, uh, just always wanting to listen to podcasts and entrepreneurs and people who are constantly teaching you about how to sell things on Amazon, how to sell things here, how to do this, how to do that. And so when she was younger, she like came across when she was like 16, 17, she came across this website called Fiverr, right? So Fiverr now big website, million, oh, yeah. millions of people have full on blown careers just like us off of this website they even had a commercial during the super bowl last year so you know this is a legit company if they have a super bowl commercial and uh they have a um so for my company we have a we have an office here downtown different building that i'm in right now um and there's a fiverr call center like right oh, down sweet. the hall from us wow that's yeah that's they're awesome. all over the place that's awesome yeah so like this is this website right she she started on it she took a long time off of it but like here's how it happened when she was younger, she actually got on it and was doing like $5 little shit gigs, like $5. I'll hold up a cute sign with just being like you hold up a sign that just says like, go listen to this person or go buy this or just like a sign, like literally just a $5 odd, you know, sign. And people still do it on Fiverr till this day, completely innocent, like complete. She's always been a super classy, super innocent, uh, trying to make money in really respectable ways. Like, you know, we don't do any of that stuff out there in the world. We're, yeah. We're big Christians. No feet pics. No feet pics in this house. Big, big <laughs> Christians in this house. So, yeah, I mean, so what happened was when I was touring, so she only did that for a little bit, right? Just, I think she said she made like a hundred bucks when she was like 17 off of Fiverr or something like that. So flash forward a few years, right? I'm on tour with bands for eight months out of the year. I toured in 2019, eight months out of the entire year. So I was gone. I was gone. We were engaged. 
we were engaged. Uh, or wait, did we just get married? Sorry, we got married in 2019. So in 2018, we were engaged and I started touring full-time. 2019, we had just gotten married and I was touring full-time. And she was serving at the restaurant and she was making good money because it was a steakhouse. We actually met at a steakhouse. Then we transferred to the same steakhouse in Orlando and we're working at the steakhouse down there together. And But that's how we met, was in a restaurant. And so... To simplify it, she got back on Fiverr when I was on tour because she was bored. And she was like, all right, I'm a professional photographer and I really want to do some product photography maybe. That'd be cool. What if I could like take a picture holding a hairbrush for an Amazon ad, right? For an Amazon product. People on Fiverr are willing to pay people 20, 30, 40 bucks for like two, three, four, five nice photos of like, like a model or something or like a product model just kind of holding your product or maybe even using it. Maybe it was something she was using like a hairbrush or just something, right? A kitchen, maybe it was like a kitchen tool, a spatula or just something, right? She used to get a lot of makeup too. When she started, she used to get a lot of makeup. So then she started doing that. Like she started getting kind of busy to where she was like, wow, I'm going to make $500 this week off of Fiverr off. I have like 10 Fiverr gigs right now. I'm about to make $500 off of Fiverr. I'm giving my shifts away at this point at Longhorn. That's the steakhouse we, we met at Longhorn. So at Longhorn Steakhouse, she's starting, she's only working the weekends at this point. We're living in down where you live in Orlando. She's starting, I'm, I'm on tour. She's starting to just give her shifts away at Longhorn because she's like, I just want to keep grinding on Fiverr. I just want to keep grinding on Fiverr. So then uh, flash forward, pandemic hit. I stayed home and I said, let's start doing product videos now. I picked up, you know, every skill that I had built up shooting camera on a gimbal. Like I was at weddings, like I was on tour. Um, the gimbals are down there. I'm like, I'm going to grab one. Uh, you know, shooting shooting on a gimbal, just really trying to professionally make nice commercials. And she never wanted, she was comfortable with photography with her in it, but she was not comfortable with video of her on it because she had a lot of, we have a lot of, you know, we're nervous, anxiety, all that stuff. So finally I said, I said, babe, it's going to be fine. Just, you know, action, brush your hair, man. We're, we're, it's a brush. You know, we're going to get paid. I think in the beginning it was like 150 bucks maybe for like a 30, 40 second video for an Amazon product. And we were terrible. The, we go back and watch them sometime and they were so bad compared to what we make now. So bad. So anyway, we just grind out. Now we have over 2,000 videos on Amazon. We have one of the number one Fiverr gigs in the world when it comes to 4K Amazon product videos. And Carly's one of the most sought after Amazon product video models on Fiverr. We're Fiverr verified, we're Fiverr's choice. We're in the top spots on Fiverr anytime someone's looking forward. And God has blessed us with this amazing career that we you know, have just been able to grind nonstop on that and have that be the main way that we pay our bills and then stack weddings and then stack a little bit of NFL football photography, stack a little bit of concerts. And, and then that's just all of it. You know, that's, that's what we do. And collabing together is, uh, you know, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have been able to do it without my encouragement and learning premiere and learning cameras better and learning, watching on YouTube and learning it all more. The, the actual, like, you know, the logistics of camera stuff and getting better at shooting. And then I would be who I am if it wasn't for her. And we're just a snowball couple. Like the past five years, we've become so successful all because of each other. And it is unique. It is hard. A lot of couples can't do it. That's so awesome. Yes, sir. What are, um, 
What are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome that have allowed you to be successful in that couple business dynamic? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it starts with not, you know, being very patient, not getting angry with each other, just being patient. And when you, when you do the same thing repetitively, you know, you just, we truly love each other though. We're best friends. You know, she's my best friend and we have two cats. What could be better? I always, we always have to remind each other, even because everyone gets burnt out. Even if you're living your dream job, you get burnt out. You're watching TikTok. You're bored. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work. I don't want to get up, whatever. But we always have to remind ourselves that, hey, we're in our living room. We're shooting a product. We're hanging out with our cats. We're hanging out with each other. We can do, we can stop and go whenever we want. We're our own bosses. God has been so graceful to give us this life. And all we do is constantly remind each other of that. And it helps us, I think, stay humble and, 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 you know, not get lead to like, you know, problems to where we can lose it all. You know, we don't want to lose it. So. No, that's awesome. You're, I mean, the two of you together are kind of just creating your life exactly how you want it to be that way. That's awesome. Yes, sir. I think it's so cool hearing about such a success story on Fiverr like that. I mean, literally just a couple of years of grinding and really working up to that. And really, I mean, if you go back to the beginning, y'all were making decent money pretty quick off of it. But now you've like, you've scaled it up to do it something that could really pay your bills and give you the kind of life you want Absolutely. just off of this, this website that anyone can get started yeah. on. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I remember in the beginning just to make uh, I think the, like in the beginning after our first year, we were going to make two or $3,000, excuse me, from all the videos combined. And that's, that was like right the moment where we're like, yo, we're, we don't need to do this restaurant thing right now. If we really just focus on doing this, we can make two, three, we were living in an apartment, you know, $1,200 a month rent, or I mean, $1,500 a month rent. We can grind at this and we can do this. We had one car, you know, and we had a two bedroom apartment. We can pay our bills and we can create this content every day. Maybe it'll turn into more and more. And it wasn't easy when I say two, $3,000, man, I remember one month, like when we were like, Hey, we're going to make $3,000 a month. That was 60 videos in one and and you have timers on Fiverr. And so it's like, and we have like a two week yeah. and it started like really fast. Like every time somebody would make an order, we had to make that video and turn it over within like seven days, like something crazy. So like we're had timers on our phones and like, and just breathing down our neck in the beginning, like so super hardcore. So like it definitely came with a lot of like grind. Now we've got it really worked out to where, you know, we do so many projects a week and, you know, we're right where we want to be and hoping that it, it continues just to grow, you know. That's awesome. And yeah, the more you, the cool thing about Fiverr is the more you grow on it, the more you can ask for your product. You can yeah. kind of set your price a little bit more competitively yeah. um, on your side. You got to be patient. Um, you got to be patient with Fiverr. A lot of people want to get into it. A lot of people talk about it to me when they hear about our success and people create accounts and just can't. Patience. When, when Carly started Fiverr, when I was on tour, she had a serving job and she had the patience. I don't know what this could be. You know, uh, earlier before we got on this in the phone call, we had talked about my wife having an Etsy account as well. She's only been doing Etsy for about six months now, but Matt, look how Fiverr went though. But like two years from now, who knows where Etsy's going to be for us. So like people have to just be patient with something like these websites. Like we had no idea that we were going to, create a six figure yearly income off of this website when she first started it, that was never, you know, even a thought for a second, you know? So people 
just have to really, really be patient with, with this kind of stuff, you know, and not give up. Can't give up. Love it, man. Uh, another thing I wanted to cover is, so you had talked a little bit about how you had all these things happening, right? It's just a lot of different like individual pieces making up the whole pie of like, of you two as a team and like, and your career as content creators. And we had talked a little bit off air about how you, you really felt like there was this pivotal point where you got organized and you got like the accounting in order and all mm-hmm. of that. Could you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think, I mean, it's so easy to start to at least get started with an online business these days, much different story, making it successful. Like you've kind of laid out here, but I think, there's probably a lot of people that get a, a successful business rolling and then just don't know how to actually organize it yeah. properly. And that was us in the beginning. Most... Yeah. And that was definitely yeah. us in the beginning. You know, I definitely, we, at first we had an LC LLC, you know, it was like my name it was like my Aaron Berkshire photography LLC. And we were taking everything from like PayPal or cash app or just cash. And like, you know, in the beginning it's okay if you're like an entrepreneur and you're like, it's kind of your side hustle money that's that's all good you know you can account for that but like when you really when it it really starts building up and you really want to be professional and you you don't want to go down the road of being not legit you know so like when it came to us paying taxes we're like yo we can't go to h&r block this year we can't do it like we so i googled and i was like yo i want an accountant that could be like our personal accountant for like the rest of our life until they die and give us to their children. Like I want my next, I want our account to be like part of the family to know like our financial and help us be successful because we wanted to buy a house. That was like a number one goal was we were married and like, we want to buy a house. How do you, and, and buying a house for a content creator or like a, a entrepreneur, someone who doesn't have an actual W2 clock in clock out job to prove what you need to prove to be able to buy a home. Hardest thing in the whole entire world. So mm-hmm. it made us want to get an accountant. So, you know, she ended up breaking down everything, starting us a corporation, starting this whole system, you know, of like us paying ourselves paychecks and like, I don't know, this whole, this whole thing, how it's a corporation and we own the company, but we also, it all works out, you know, and we, now we pay our taxes, right. And we have write-offs and it all works out. And we were able to go two years without doing any write-offs, even though we bought a bunch of crap, bunch of stuff that we could have written off. We didn't write it off because we wanted to prove the income so we could buy a home. So once we bought the home, now we're back to write-offs. I write off every camera equipment, everything, every meal, every everything I do, I write off now, but we were able to actually purchase the home. So yeah, I mean, make sure you're legit, you know, make sure you have good customer service, which we hired someone recently to help us on Fiverr because we have so many messages every day on Fiverr and so many customers. And after a while, my wife just really got burnt out. So, you know, we hired someone to actually communicate and talk to all of our customers on Fiverr, which more than half of them are on the other side of the world. So we'll be up at two, three o'clock in the morning, like having full on conversations with people in China that sell products on Amazon that are hiring us to make a video for them. And it's, that's our everyday routine. It's crazy. So you've had um, at least those two kind of distinct experiences where you saw some kind of thing that was missing from the whole business, right? And yeah. filled that gap. Yeah. How do, What are the things that you, 
as an aspiring business owner, entrepreneur, what are the things that you need to look for that are signs that it's time to fill a position of some kind? I mean, I would definitely say when you get overwhelmed, when things start looking too bad, you know, when things start looking bad and you really need, you know, it's never, never late to ask for help, you know, which is why, honestly, I I ended up hiring our, our friend Eli because I knew that we needed, we really needed help. Like I'm just exhausted. My wife's exhausted. We've created this whole crazy career. And yeah, when you get to a certain point, you just need to know that it's okay to outsource. It's okay to ask for help. Find people that you love and trust that can work for you and do what you need to do. And, you know, it's really hard when you do something so long yourself, you only trust yourself. But it's okay to, to you know, open up and, and trust someone that can. And, and, and it's made us more successful. So once you actually do that, once you can actually put your trust in other people to actually help you be more. I mean, I think people are all going to be more successful when they ask for help and have when people you know you're never just going to be a one-man team for forever maybe in the beginning but not forever so you've had you've had these kind of moments where you brought on someone to help you with a particular aspect of all the business right my question to you just as something i observe from a lot of business owners there's typically this kind of hump of that you have to get over um doesn't come naturally for most people of just getting better at delegating how have you, or what kind of challenges have you had in figuring out how to delegate as you've brought people on and how have you been able to overcome that as you've gone along? I would definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say trust. You got to definitely trust new people, you know, especially even if it's like a small tight circle, you know, which ours is a couple shooters that we hire like Eli or someone else. You have to be able to trust them to be able to do what you need them to do. And you have to just Trust is probably the biggest thing, you know. And then um, our customer service person that we hired is actually in family. It's my sister. And that's been really hard for me because it's family and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to separate business and family and stuff. But, like, she's been doing such a good job and it's because I put my faith in her that she would do a good job and she has. And I think it really is, it's really, really about trust, you know. And things that we learned is I think – I think patience is like a big thing. You got to be patient, like bringing somebody into your company. If you are trying to run a business successfully, you're going to have to have help. You're going to have to put trust into that person or, or people, persons. You're going to have to trust that they're going to be able to do it. Because if you're always on the edge, it's just, it's always going to come down, you know, crumbling. You know, you can't be, you got to trust people. Yeah, and ultimately the goal of if you're bringing someone on and you're trying to get better at delegating, really, you're hitting on an important point there. The goal is that you are overwhelmed and you have too much to do and you need to be able to hand that off to free yourself up in one way or the other. If you don't have that trust, you're going to be micromanaging. You're going to be still caught up in doing the things that you need to get away from doing. So I, I think that's such an important point. You got to have the trust to be able to hand it off and say, you got this. Yeah. I mean, it's all mental, it's all mental stability. Cause once you actually trust someone and you can hand them stuff, like for our instance, we've handed off a lot of our messaging and our customers to our employee, which is my sister. And it has freed my wife up. And now her mental health has just gotten so much better. She has time to do things that she wants to do again, you know, and like, like, you know, walk or go to the gym or whatever, relax, even if it's just cruise on the internet or just, you know, BS around, you know, for a couple of years there, she was talking to all the customers because 
I am, I'm really busy as well and I'm editing a lot of stuff and I also am very bad at trying to put together some broken English and having a conversation with someone from a different country is really hard for me. Even though a lot of them try their best to speak English or whatnot, my wife's really good at doing it. She's really good. And my sis and my sister, our employee is also, she's learned and she's gotten really good at doing it. Not for me personally. And I'm just too busy doing, doing me. So it's not something I ever wanted to do, but yeah, I mean her obviously now, and now she's able to be more successful. In fact, because we put our trust in someone to help us out, to free off some stress off of her, that's when she started picking up Etsy. That's when she started putting, she's like, okay, now I have free time. I want to make more money. I want now I want to do something else. I'm going to try something else now that I have a little bit of free time. So it can make you more successful. That's the goal, you know. I love it. I I completely agree, man. I um when I started my podcast, I was doing literally everything on my own and I was like a partner in a full-time business at the same time, also getting my MBA just super, super busy, like over the top busy, getting burnt out fast. And I ended up uh, having a friend come come on to uh, help me with a lot of my editing. And immediately I was freed up. Like I felt myself relax more. And I, I felt like the other pursuits that I had were growing and flourishing more because of that. I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. It's freeing yourself up where you need to and just being able to take a a look at what you're doing and be honest with that. And couldn't have said any better. I can't imagine honestly editing all the podcasts that you do. So shout out to your editor, which you needed because I would never want to edit full time hour long podcasts. That's a, that sounds like a heck of a, I mean, cause I have, cause I have a, it's a lot, you know, that we've talked about it. I just started my, I just started my brand new podcast and I've only done three or three or four episodes. I spend like six, seven hours editing down that hour, you know, and, and just, it's a lot. I can't imagine doing as many, can't imagine doing as many as you do. So that's cool that you, uh, have put your trust into someone else to, to help you become more successful. That's the whole name of the game, man. We all want to just be successful, right? We all just want to, you know, live a life and maybe not have to kill ourselves trying to do it. Right. I guess. Exactly. It, that's the name of the game, man. I love it. And yeah, shout out my editor Jake. He's he's the best, and he's he's a he was a great friend before we even started working that's on that awesome. together. Even better friend now. Um, that's I think been it great. goes both ways. Sometimes uh, when you hire your friends, it goes really south and down. And I've had that happen too. But sometimes you hire a friend or someone that you love, and if that person loves you in return, they're gonna succeed. Because if you truly are friends, then you're gonna help each other succeed. You know for sure. Here's an interesting yeah. question because you've you said you've seen both. Um, I think you've probably had a lot more experience with it than I have, just over the the different stages of your career and like different things that you've done. What do you think is the difference there from what you've observed? What what makes that work or not work? I mean, I think it all really relies down to who it is. It all just depends on the person, you know. Because like I've had, I've had people in my life that you know talk a big talk, and they don't actually want to walk it. You know, and it's as simple as that actions speak louder than words. So, I mean, pick the right people. You know, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing you want to surround yourself with people that are going to make you better. You can't surround yourself. Like if you don't want negativity in your life and if you don't want people that have negativity that are negative about certain situations or even negative about themselves trying to grow, I think that's, I mean, 
you know, let them live their life how they want to. Maybe that's not the right person for you. You know, for me, I want to surround myself with people that are constantly want to better themselves, make themselves better. People that elevate me to want to be even further and better in my life. You know, like, you know, even though we just bought our first house, like we're already talking about the next house we're going to buy one day, maybe five years, 10 years, who knows? But I just, I don't know. It's, it's all a mental thing, you know, just choose the right people and, and, and trust your gut, you know, trust your heart, you know, and if it does if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. <laughs> I love it. And you'll learn from, from it if it doesn't work yeah, out too. Absolutely. I mean, experience is going to teach you. You just got to learn. So uh, real kind of briefly, since you just started, I do want to talk about your podcast a little bit more. Uh, what was what was behind the decision to start that? Talk a, a little bit about the ideation there. What, what led you to pursue that and um, and what you're hoping to see out of your whole experience being a podcaster yeah, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called the creative locker podcast. I just started it. Great Thank name. You. I just, uh, so my friend actually came up with it. I won't take credit. He gave it to me because there is a whole thing that went down and I truly want this. I truly wanted to do a podcast. I truly wanted to have guests on every week. If I can get one, you know, I want to talk for an hour with someone. My friend and I were going to do a show together and it was going to be a two person show and we were going to have guests on, but it was going to be a two person show. And, um, I helped create all the graphic design. I helped create, uh, the logo, the name, everything that everyone sees right now of what it is. I created it. He gave me the name straight up. He's like, yo, I'm just not ready for this. You know, he's trying to focus on his own YouTube channel. All that's good. We're still super homies. No big deal at all. He said, dude, you've already done all this. If it's something that you want to do, please take the name and run with it. It's a great. And I said, dude, you know, I love the name. Uh, I told him originally I wanted, I wanted, I think I wanted the word creative to be in there somewhere or something like that, you know? But we were thinking about a locker room. How many different people come in a locker room? I just think the creative locker represents a space where we can have conversations, where, where I can have a conversation with someone in so many different topics. Like no matter what you're being creative in, no matter what you're creative of, I can have a conversation with you because there's so many things that I'm into in life. And I think I really want it to be like a Joe Rogan thing. I'm super inspired by podcasts like Joe Rogan where – you can just have a good time, laugh, joke around and talk about a hundred different things and just let it go or whatever, whether, I mean, whether it's talking about cameras uh, or creating content in some way, or just talking about the Jaguars, which I just dropped an episode yesterday with my friend, Brett James. It was literally, we were talking about entrepreneuring a little bit and creating content, but like the most of the 40 minutes of the hour, we were talking about the Jaguars. And that's, that's the whole point though, is I just want to have conversations with I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you're nobody. Nobody's nobody to me. But the point is the creative locker is just an open platform for anyone who wants to come have a, a cool conversation and just, you know, chat about whatever, whether it be football or creating content. Those are things that I'm into, you know, but that's, that's it. And that's, that's what I wanted. To I do. love that. Yeah. I've got one more yeah. question for you before I get into my last couple here that came to mind as you were kind of describing that. It's uh, very much through the lens of being a creative. You said that was very important to you. You're very obviously by what you do, uh, you're a creative. I'm curious what what being a creative means to you personally. I think it just I think being a creative just shows who I am, you know, through it, through my passion, through my dedication, and through the nonstop grind. Uh, whether you're creating music 
for me it was whether I was creating drums or creating music as a I was a I was a, a vocalist or a singer in a metal band at one point you know it doesn't matter what you're creating it, it who you are kind of shows through it you know and um I'm a lot like our friend Eli too the camera has built a lot of relationships for me I, the camera has led me to so many conversations Content has led me to so many conversations with so many people and I built so many relationships in this world because of creating content. And I think it just, uh, for me, I think it's just what I was meant to do. You know, I think it was my purpose. That's what it means to me is I wasn't meant to be Travis Barker. Uh, I was just meant to be me, but in the form of, you know, being a photographer, videographer, that's like the main way I make my money. And that is my biggest passion, uh, being a videographer or a photographer, but just creating content. You know, what are we doing right now? We're creating content. We're creating something for someone to listen to or watch. We're just creating content. I think creating content is one of the most like sought after careers nowadays. Cause like so many people are on TikTok, So many people are on Instagram reels. So many people are on YouTube and they're all creating content. It's like even you know, old school movie stars. It doesn't matter what you do in life, whether you're a cook, whether you're a football player, whether you're a movie star, we're all creating content for each other 24 seven. So I kind of feel like we just live in this world of content being created every day for all of us to consume. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm just creating content of things that I love. That's what it's all about. You know, I love football. I love music and, uh, weddings are cute to me and my wife and I really enjoy it. And I love money. And again, and that's, so, you know, I just, I don't know. I think that's really what it means to me though. So I've got a couple repeat questions that I had mentioned to you off air that I like to ask every guest and I get different answers from everyone on these. And that's my favorite part of it. It's a kind of a different perspective on something that gets conversation flowing. My first question yeah. to you is, um, and I would use kind of your, your entry as you were getting out of the still in the music scene a little bit, I would say, but as you were getting a little bit more out of the music scene and into the photography and content creation industry, uh, using that as kind of your starting point, if you could go back in time and talk to a younger Aaron as he was first kind of making that switch over and getting into the industry, having the wisdom and knowledge that you have now, what are a couple things you would tell him to do differently? I would definitely tell younger Aaron to slow down. <laughs> Uh, I still have a lot of energy. I would definitely tell younger me to just relax, just be patient, which is funny because when I was cooking in a kitchen when I was young, the older cooks, I would be flying all over the place and they'd be like, all right, man, just, just settle down, man. Just chill out, man. Just chill, man. And and I think that, I think I would tell myself to keep faith in, in God. I would tell myself just really, because I think when I was younger, I, I wasn't, I didn't believe in God as much as I do now. I did as a kid growing up, but I feel like I really fell out of touch with um, just kind of my feelings towards God and religion and, and being a Christian and what I was raised on. And I truly feel that God gives me the strength to believe in myself now. And I feel like that strength and having the faith that no matter what, everything is going to be okay in my marriage, in my life, no matter what, everything's going to be okay. And I only believe that because I have faith that it's going to be okay. So I would definitely go to young Aaron and tell him to just chill out and just know that God's going to take care of you in the future. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get it, you know, and you're going to earn it. Um, you know, which is, yeah, which is something that you really can't, you know, expect 
you know, you don't, you don't ever see that coming. You know, I, I never thought when I was 25 that I was going to like heavily believe in, in God as much as I do nowadays again in my thirties, you know? Love that. That's really beautiful, man. And then, um, the other question that I have for you is, so the show is called profession session and I name. have kind of a also thesis. A very good name. Thank love you, it. man. Appreciate it. I, I love the, uh, alliteration of it. That's kind of what got it for me. I, I just knew I wanted to have something like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have kind of a thesis with the show that kind of part of the reason why I started it, which is that there, there are so many different professions and professions look different no matter what the industry you're, you're in is. A lot of different things can be a profession. You're a great example of that because you've got all these different things coming together to make one kind of cohesive career. Um, so it's a very unique profession. My question to you is what does it mean to you personally to be a professional? What does it mean to me personally to be a professional? Um, I would say, I think being a professional comes with, uh, experience. Um, it's taken a lot of, you know, mishaps and, and misunderstandings and, uh, losing photos on memory cards and ruining people's weddings. That's only happened once or twice. Maybe not even all of it, just a smidge, some of, but losing files or just going through accidents that's happened. And I think that experiences make you more professional as you kind of grow in your industry, you know, because like, I don't think that I would be as professional as I am right now if I wouldn't have learned all those lessons, you know, if I, if I wouldn't have taken all the steps after things that are bad happening, you know, you got to make the right steps and go. And that's, and that's one thing that's important to me is you can't crash and burn. You have to say, okay, let's just make sure that this doesn't happen again. Or let's make sure this happens. What do I have to go buy right now on Amazon to make sure this doesn't happen again? Or how do I have to act differently next time? How do I have to talk more to sell something? Or how do I have to talk less to not scare someone away? Or sometimes my, just the way I look scares people away probably. But, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I think just learning over the years. And again, I'm about to be 34. So if you're someone, you know, a little younger than me or, or you know, just learn from your experiences and that's going to make you more professional. No one is just going to be the most professional, you know, and I still, we, everyone still makes mistakes. You know, I still make mistakes all the time. Like, but I think, I think being professional about it, no matter which way it goes, whether it's really great or whether it goes bad, you know, if you, what, what is professional, what's the definition of professional, you know, like you just have to act mature and have grace and just, you know, react in a way that can save the day or get through the problem. And no matter what, no matter what job we're doing, unless you actually are on a rocket going to space, none of this is rocket science, you know, none of it. Like it's, it's okay. Like unless you're losing a, a bride and a groom's wedding photos and you know, you screwed them out of their biggest day of their life, just short of that, you know, we're all, it's all going to be okay. And I think that that just comes with time. So I think that being professional just comes with experience and, and just wisdom and grace. I love that. Just learning how to roll yeah, with it and exactly. learn from it. Don't do don't, don't let it happen again. Don't let it happen again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> 
learn from your mistakes and your successes. And just know that you can keep growing. You know, I'm going to continue to grow. And hopefully by the time I'm 40, I'm even more professional and even more, you know, wise and have more grace than I do now at 34. You know, it's, you know, we're never going to stop growing as humans, you know. Love that, man. Well, Aaron, uh, you've got multiple different businesses that we've talked about running and you've got your podcast. Um, I'm going to put the details uh, to everything and links of anything you, that you want to share in the show notes and the uh, and the details of this podcast. Anything else you'd like to plug or talk about before we uh, sign off here? Yeah. I mean, first off, I'd like to just say thank you uh, for having me on your show and hitting me up. Thank so you. I'm going to ask you now, like, how did you first how did you first hear of me or come uh, come even of, you know, who I am? I don't even think we actually, we didn't hit that in a phone call. And I thought that that would be fun to, to bring up live on video is that how did you actually find out who I was? I like that question. Um, I think I had, I want to say I had seen your Instagram page before through kind of like running a little bit in the circles with, um, We've got a couple mutual friends, you know, Eli, of course, and then um, Devin with the Jaguars uh, social team. I think I had, yeah, uh, he's awesome guy. Um, I've had him on the podcast before, planning on having him on again, and he's he's been killing it with what yeah. he's doing. So he, I'm excited yeah. for that. Uh, but a couple mutual connections, and I think I had seen your page a couple times, and Either I I followed you or you followed me, one of the two, and um, and I just remember seeing like it looks like this guy's got a lot of cool stuff Thank going you. on. I saw that you had, yeah yeah man, it, you you had just a lot of stuff going on. Um, so with with my podcast, a, a thing I tell a lot of people is that the I, I like to say the common denominator of my guests is great ambition, yes. right? I love it. So. I, I just kind of saw through the different things that you were doing that it seemed like there was that common denominator not common denominator that I was talking about is just the the ambition and that you're trying to do a lot of stuff, succeeding at a lot of stuff and just growing. And I just picked up that energy based off of everything you were doing, Sick. saw the podcast Sick. and we got yeah. to talking. I think we just, uh, I, I DM'd you and we got super on a fast. phone call and then here we fast. are. Well, thank yeah, you, man. man. Yeah. I'm glad you asked me that. It's a cool story yeah, to tell. I was, I was curious though. I thought it might have been like from Eli or somebody, but I was curious. But yeah, man, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I can't wait to watch more of your videos in the future. And this was um, this was sweet. I haven't really got to tell uh, a lot of my story in depth like that way. I was able to just have the the time to just you know have someone ask me questions like this and really dig into it. And I just want to say thanks. Uh, we've already got this planned. You are definitely going to come on my podcast as well, and you'll be on the Creative Locker podcast soon enough. And uh, yeah, just want to say wait. thanks to anyone who listens to this. You know, anyone who you know takes anything away at all from this conversation and and just uh, hearing me maybe for the first time. And uh, I just want to say thanks to anyone who watches it. Make sure you check check out my my Instagram. Send me a DM. I follow a lot of people back. I don't even care. I'll follow you back. So holler and uh, say what's up. Appreciate you guys. And I think that's probably the best place to find everything you've got going on, right? Is your I'm very Instagram active on TikTok, and I'm 
most active on Instagram. Yeah, I've worked so hard for my Instagram. It's like my it's like my whole brand is Instagram for 10 years plus now. But I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. Uh, I started Twitter very, very recently because the NFL. I never actually wanted to have a Twitter. And I realized, I was like, all right, I need to be more professional. I'm trying to create more of a brand for myself. And I work for the NFL now. I'm going to have to just make a Twitter. So I am on Twitter now. So find me on any social platforms. I'm on everything. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again for having me on your show, dude. Loved it. I had a, um, I had a sports recruiter on uh, about a month and a half ago or so. And he is all in on Twitter. Always has been. He's like a, a college. Rec- he's got like a college recruiting business where he helps people get recruited into the NCAA for football. And he said he's all in on Twitter, so I think that's a great call. And thank you so much for being on, man. This has been awesome. Yes, sir. Had a great time. Appreciate everybody. Yes, sir. I've been your host, Brody Vinson. This has been Profession Session. Thank you so much for tuning in. My guest has been Aaron Berkshire. You can find all of his information below. And until then, tune in out. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. And if you learned anything or enjoyed this video or podcast, don't forget to subscribe here on YouTube where all of our other interviews can be found. We can also be found on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as all the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. So find us anywhere, follow, like, comment, leave us a review on any podcast platforms that you enjoy. And if you know anyone that you think would be a great fit to be on the show, get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here on Profession Session.